Welcome back to another episode of Deck Hockey Focus. We have the season starting in a couple days. Wanted to bring you guys a great episode. We got on the mics tonight. Mock. Shackleford. And me, Zach Hurt. Tonight we're going to walk you guys through the uh, the divisions we have. A little bit about ice versus deck conversion. And we're going to wrap up the episode with a talk about commitment. Shaq, Mock, you guys ready to jump into this? Let's do it. Ready to rock. All right. So we have eight teams. Or eight divisions. Nine? I don't know. I've actually never counted it up myself. Me either. Ten divisions Ten this season. Women's? Yeah. That's counting the women's. Uh do you guys want to start at the top or bottom? Always oh, start at the top. Yeah. All right. Crew right. price is the top, that's where we start. Lead with your top. So uh a little bit of insight on how they kind of uh, divvy things up as far as what they're trying to accomplish with rankings and stuff. Uh the idea is for the higher leagues to be uh, I guess a little more exclusive and refined. So you're never really going to see a ton of teams at the top level. Um, uh, and that's, that's kind of by design. So at D one, there's only four teams this year. Uh, the big loss there is Palmer. Uh, so that's really going to open things up. They were actually my pick to win last year. So uh, I mean, it, it's going to be a wide open field and I think it's going to still be really competitive and the level of skill at that top level is it's, you can't make mistakes. Or you get scored on anymore. Yeah. And it's by design. I mean, four teams. I think is going to be what it is. If there's a fifth added, it's going to be Palmer. Yeah, but I would uh, I would encourage everybody to get out and, and watch at least a handful of those games. They're trying to get them on on you know Thursdays and Friday nights so that people can More you know accessible. have a good time and and hang out at the deck and see some good competition and things. But you can really pick up uh, some tips from watching some of the guys like Darren McMillan and, and Pat and Nick and. You know, the way they move the ball and the way that they, they interact with their teammates and stuff, you can really, really take a lot of that and translate it to your game. Yeah. Um, Moving on to the next top-level league, uh, D2+, Plus, which to me is every bit as talented as D1. My favorite league. Especially yeah, if you look at it. Yeah. It's like it's it's basically D1 from a year ago. Um, kind of. Yeah. You know, and we have, we have some top talent there. We have five teams right now. Again, keeping the competition tight. Well, moving in there. And the thing to talk about in two plus is, I hate to say exclusivity, but you had four teams merge to create two. Right? It's getting super competitive. Most people people are nuking Warriors. people are nuking friendships in order to make <laughs> yeah. a competitive team. Well, in Circle Tap with Kaputs. Uh, Kind of merged with Vans, but then Plum and Freiburger created BD Bandits 2+, so there's that addition. But Moose Knuckles and Warriors. And Warriors, has been Warriors. So what you're going to see a lot as a theme here is sort of a farm system with a lot of like the Irish Mafia people, and now yep. we're seeing BD Bandits. Tracos is the same way. They, they've taken, they taken they took a bunch of titles last women's, year, yeah. including the Women's League. Uh, but you'll see teams that have uh, D3, a D... Uh, two and a D one team, and they'll filter their players up and down as they see fit. So yeah. uh, keep that in mind as we're kind of running through this. BD Bandits, Irish Mafia, um, obviously Deckheads, but there's should we say a organization top to bottom that's being created here? Like yeah, a structure. Well, I think that's the way that everybody should be running their teams. Is mm-hmm. is you should have the, have the goal to either get in with the system, or if you think you've got a good a good thing going. Maybe you play on a couple of teams, start the word and, and create yourself a brand. Cause that's what we're seeing yeah. to become successful. You have to have that pipeline now. Yep. yep. And uh, moving down to D two again, we, we we're still seeing a level of exclusivity. And I think 
it has to be said that it's two plus from a year ago. I mean, you got guys that you could have a D one player in D two now, right? You can. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can play D two. There's six teams in D two and it's, it's down from last season when we had eight. Yeah. It's down, down two teams. Um, is that because you think they because they added the five level now? No, I think it's because teams that were D two, like Squatch said a year ago, realize that that's not exactly where they're competing anymore and restructured. And themselves. so they've either refined it or moved down or yeah. up or what have you. Yeah, because I mean you have mainstays in in D two. Obviously, you know the Dailies, last year's champions. What? Shut up. <laughs> um, Mutiny, that's always going to be competitive there. Deckheads is a third, but the other you know, three teams have been mainstays at that level, and I don't think they're moving. They're recruiting players from within the leagues. So the player or the teams that weren't doing that or thought got, let's say, complacent, sure. realize that that's not where they're going to play anymore yeah. and drop down to 3+. plus. Yeah, and speaking of 3+, plus, we have 11 teams there this season. Uh, Hornbuckle staying, going? Hornbuckle stayed. Okay, Yep. okay. And last year's champions, I I mean they, they're a tough contender. I like and, what they did last year. I mean they, that's a newer team, but they used Waterloo as kind of their spring training, yeah, and put a team together to see how they're going to play at the, at that level. Which is a good way to toy with points and and yeah. really get a good feel. The Waterloo tournament is kind of how I would say our merger even started, and that was a right. result of last year where we had. 50% of uh, the Moose Knuckle squad and 50% of my Warrior squad wanted to go. And the points kind of worked out. We added a, a piece or two where we needed it. And then that now, 365 days later, has materialized into a two-plus squad. So, And I think three-plus for that tournament. I know. I'm so I, excited. I think three-plus is what we've talked about in the past. That's kind of the level where you're good. I'm guessing there's guys in, D, in, uh, in D3-plus that have – the opportunity and the skill level to where they can be on a D1 team, even if they've never had a hockey background or, oh, yeah. or whatever. Joel Bowman's a great example of that. He's 2-plus ranked now. He was on Hornbuckle last yeah. year. He's on BD Bandit's roster in 2-plus. Yeah, best yeah. best way to, to to get, I guess, that second-line talent. I mean, that's that's how crew. Uh, Tracos is now crew, but they uh, I, I would say that that's probably where they're recruiting from and moving up from there. And really that's where they, that's where you make a name for yourself and then they watch you. And as you get better, that's when you get the nod. Yep. Right. And that's not to say the lower leagues, that there's not talent it's there. The but once it's just, reached, yeah. Yeah. Once you've reached that, that level, once you've reached that level, if you can be highly competitive in three plus, there's no reason that people wouldn't have their eyes on you for a very high level of hockey. Correct. Yep. Yeah. And then moving into uh, D three, uh, we have 13 teams there. Um, I think it's shrunk from last season, uh, but I think that a lot of that might have to do with the fact that we have D3 open now, and with the advancement 100%. of D, D5, I mean, people are moving their D3 teams down to D4+, plus just to try to be more competitive. I know a lot of the rankings shifted, so players that might have been on the bubble last year, they're pushing more to a D4+, plus ranking. Um, nothing, nothing to be. Well, and let's not forget there's a lot of overlap between these. I mean, like I said, so a D one guy can play down in the D two level. So that means a D two guy can play pretty far down the list. And, and so there's a lot of overlap. Yeah. Well, in the, the teams moving down, that's not a bad thing though. That's just creating, it's a more competitive environment now. So it's just resetting expectations or Mm -hmm. like the team I have, like, let's just assume, Hey, we're a bunch of friends. We love hanging out. We love deck hockey. We want to be competitive. This is where I need to be now. Right, right. And, and I think the differentiator starts about D3 level, that where D1, D2+, and D2 is about winning. 
Like, yeah. Right. You want to yeah. have fun. You want to so play get, with your You friends. get a little more of that camaraderie, that kind of uh, beer league environment mm-hmm. as you get a little lower. But I still think they take it hyper serious. Absolutely. Just they do. Uh, I, honestly, that's one of the reasons that I'm starting to ref again this year is just because there's such a talent level. And what gets monotonous is when games aren't fun. Uh, and as the skill level gets higher and as people get uh, when they really I'm just out there watching the game from the best seat in the house yeah, and I just want to see awesome goals. I want to see tic tac passes. I want to see snipes. I just I, I love watching the game. And that's why as the talent level gets better, it's so hard for me not to referee. Because I would just be up there on my own anyway watching. And I don't want to have anybody misconstrue what I was saying. It's like the only, you know, competitive, we only want to win up top. It's no, no it's all the way through, 100%. So speaking of competition, we had a bunch of ladies that wanted to play on a team um, together. And with the new rule set, they weren't able to. Um, There was a lobbying that occurred. And now we have uh, a new league that was created called D3 Open. Uh, D3 Open is uh, you can have any number of male or females on your team. Um, And there are seven leagues or seven teams in that league right. should teams, be a lot of fun. And you're going to see a lot of people probably that play on a, on a three open and on a three team. Yep. yep. Yeah. Same I know my plus. team, we, we moved from three to three open just cause we couldn't, we, we, we cut our D two player, um, and decided to just give D three open a shot. Um, I personally don't have any problem playing against women. So I think, I think it'll be a fun league and it should be a blast. Well, it, it's going to be, is it fair to say an experiment to see how this works out? Yeah, I think well, so. Well, that's what you want to do so. is you yeah. want to test the waters before you dive full in. And uh, I, I think the the hesitancy that they have uh, as far as, as, as the rules are created and things like that is if we make a brand new rule and we change the way everything has been done typically, if it doesn't go well, we've nuked an entire season. Whereas we can throw an experimental round and see how it goes. Exactly. And then... It's Based be, on those results, we can you're going to tailor things one way or another. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's so many freaking teams that we've got the people to do it. Exactly. No. Exactly. It, I, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. We're going to see what happens. Yeah. And again, we're talking about expansions. Uh, D4 Plus is jam packed with teams. Uh, Twenty teams this season, up from sixteen last. That is going to be a very difficult cup to earn yeah. with twenty teams, especially if you're going to come in from the single elimination bracket. Well, good luck. You know the mentality, and I've had conversations like everybody makes the playoffs in D one, D two plus, and D two because of the limited number of teams. Absolutely. Everybody's in double elimination. Here, every point and every win matters. Absolutely, get those jersey points. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sportsmanship exactly. is actually going to probably come into a huge play in that as well because. I think those those points are neglected a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those two minute majors, you know, not necessarily the the delay of game or the you know stepping on the ball, closing your hand, all that stuff, is is going to be you're going to be fine. But it's when you got the guy who's chopping, the guy who's hacking every game, every game, you start losing those points. Those add up. And you're what I think you're going to see here in four plus is like the. I'm gonna again. I'm gonna say the more organized teams, like the QC Devils, for example. Yep. Yep. Who have a structure behind it? You know, yep. they they have multiple teams. Uh, those are going to be the teams that you're going to see, I think, are going to be more competitive based yep. on the fact that points matter now. Right. Sorry for leaving, guys. And <laughs> D4, uh, we have 12 teams. We're down, actually, from last year. Just one. Um, but I think, that again, that's just teams wanting to play. I think QC Surge, do they go up to 4+. plus? No, I think they're still in D four, but don't okay. put me on that. I think that a lot of guys got probably ranked up as well. Logo pro, I think. It, yeah, it was probably like a 50-50. You know, people just moving up and down. Um, it happens. That'll be a, a very competitive league. I mean, twelve teams. That's that's a pretty big bracket too. We have we have four divisions up here with over ten. 
that I think to win a cup there, gonna it's going to be a lot harder than yep. it is. I'm not, not. I'm not discounting. D2, no, I D1, think there D2, are going to be some D2 great plus. individual talents there. I think right. that's yeah. more of a league where you're going to ride a hot goalie. You're going to ride uh, maybe one power play line that's just head and shoulders above everybody, or maybe like a, a two player. You know, mm-hmm. you got two forwards that are just. Gonna For have, some reason, they link up and they just have that extra that, that extra, extra sauce that's that going to kick exactly, in. Like exactly. you're going to ride the hot player, the hot line, or the hot power play when you get into that that level. I mean, look at Canelli last year with, oh, yeah. uh, with Irish Fife. I think he played nine playoff games. Yeah. And as we get to these lower levels too, I think there's something to be said for uh, gear uh, as well. So as you get into the lower levels, there are people maybe that have the regular hockey gloves or or the bulky shin guards. Uh, Sticks that maybe aren't aren't the top level, and I think that can really separate you from from everybody else. Is just having the right proper equipment that's designed for the game, and that can yeah. really that can make a huge difference at that level. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on down, we have women's. Uh, the women's teams have thirteen yeah. uh, total. That I that that's I think a testament to their. They're I think they're up from last season. Are yeah, they even? I think so. Yeah. I mean that's that's a lot of women to just. Dedicating themselves to Monday, Monday nights, and you have to account for women's team. Some women's teams going to three open as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Like that's an increase in numbers. Well, for well, sure. And, and that being said, uh, the women's league has progressed to the point where uh, Athena, Shelby, I think there might be a handful of others that are going out to Massachusetts. Yeah. They're actually playing in a tournament where they will be scouted and evaluated for the 2019. Uh, team women's USA? team USA exactly. Nice. So we could see some local representation there. I I've uh, looked into it just a touch, and there's a lot of competition out out on the East Coast. I mean, there there are hockey hotbed out there. So uh, just even being considered for that is fantastic. And I would contact Athena ASAP. I'm not sure if you've missed the deadline there, but I know that they're going out. They're flying out on their own dime and really taking that seriously. So you know, we're wishing them the best of luck. But it just goes to show how far we've come. Mm-hmm. And rounding out our league overview, our brand new league, uh, Division 5, D5. Uh, we have six teams there, three based off Mighty Ducks. Uh, should be an interesting division. Uh, it is our lowest beginner league, and I think it's a great thing for the community. No, that was fantastic, though. Like You think people who hockey two years ago wasn't even a thought, and now they're into the sport. It's it's great for the game, and it's great to grow that sport locally. Well, and I would say if you're if you're basing your team off of Mighty Ducks and Movie, and you're looking to get a nice pint glass that's hand-etched by us, I'm thinking your logo would look pretty darn good. <laughs> so I think that's probably where our, our top logos are, and team names, concepts are going to come from. So well, that's what to look for there. Oh, there's some awesome ones out there. Oh, yeah. Reach out to us if you want any made. We are running a special right now. We'll do your whole team. $100 for 10 glasses. Each glass will be individualized with a player name and number and your team logo. And talk to Patty about that. They're in the pro shop if you want to take a peek at them. They look super cool. Yeah. yeah. Patty's your source to uh, make that happen. A lot of you are probably coming off ice hockey season right now. And starting April 1st, you're going to be hitting the deck and playing out there with a lot of the same friends. You might have some questions. You might not. But. I think there are some subtle differences between ice hockey and deck hockey that are worth mentioning for the players. That way you don't get caught out there with the you're, – you're trying to palm the ball down and you close your hand on it. You're a one-minute delay game penalty 
versus just a stoppage of play or nothing. But yeah, know? the difference between five on five and the difference between ice versus uh, on your feet is, is going to be entirely different, whether it be like mentality or just the way that you're organizing a power play. Uh, yeah. Breakouts are entirely different. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things that we can touch on. Um, but number one, I, I would say my experience with the men's league is a lot more run and gun and it's a lot more, um, sandbagging on defense. So when you're in that three on three scenario, it's so important to get back. It's so important to support the rush. I mean, you really, you can't take a minute off and you got to keep the shifts a lot shorter than what I've experienced. Well, obviously no gliding, but the way I kind of view deck from ice is deck is blue line in you're always in the scoring zone right so thinking of the center thinking of the center line as basically the blue line yeah you can't take a shift off because you want to glide or you want to cherry pick like that's going to impact the game and you have to you know stay focused hi remy (laughs) and you know make those quick changes and realize that there's no cheating there uh one but coming off a nice season for myself, and I'm going to speak specifically for goalies here, the angles and how you approach the game is going is a million times different. Ice, you have to be more aggressive, standing not on top of the crease, but outside of it for angles, and making sure you're closing things. Deck, you get to use that crease a little better, right? And understand kind of the the pace of play. That yeah. and ice too, like in men's league. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie, I had periods and shifts where i didn't do anything for five minutes yeah like, and you're not gonna see lazy. that as much there's almost no spot on the deck where it's not some sort of scoring opportunity even if it is even if it is full court i mean that's still that's still a hefty shot well and there's something to be said for the way that a rebound comes out yeah. when you're on such a, a confined surface yeah, yeah exactly yeah, like check do you think uh like that's the other difference too like a puck versus a ball do you find a rebound is easier to control with a ball versus a puck or no i find pucks are easier to control okay. they're heavier i think the mass of it you you're able to absorb or kind of redirect better yeah and you don't have the spin the spin of the ball changes oh yeah everything. that's true well and you're not going to get that flutter puck uh sometimes you get that kind of like a butterfly pass whatever up. people want to call it yeah where it's like wobbly a little bit or a little goofy on your stick it goes flat or something like that uh, with the ball, especially now that every league is using the uh, Power the Bowers, and those are going to be so nice. I'm telling you, it'll take you one shift or two to get used to, and then you'll go go, go back home, and you'll be deking around with a red ball or something, and you'll just be like, what were we doing? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I mean, you might get a half bounce out of some of those things. You know, it goes into the corner. It gets a little – it squirts a little free, but – it's so much easier to control. It's a slightly heavier on your stick too, yeah. which I feel like improves stick handling. I just feel like all around it's bad for goalies, which is good for the game. Well, I'm going to disagree, but honestly, I, I, like, the goalies, but I like the bower ball better. It's easier to track. You don't have those sliders and curveballs. but from a shooter perspective and for the lack of a better term, I'm going to call you a skater, the transition from a puck to a ball though, like you're shooting a heavier puck to a ball. Is that going to influence how? Yeah. So when uh, the the number one thing that I notice when going from deck to ice is my shot is terrible because the puck is so heavy. And now my snapshot, when I get back to deck, it feels like a missile. And sometimes it's a little tough to control or maybe my passes will be a little errant because I'm putting so much on it where you want to zip your pass a little bit, but you know, it, it, it's a little more easy to manage uh, when the ball is so light and it wants to go. Um, it's almost like you're overcompensating for the puck, but yeah. not realizing you. So don't ring, half. don't ring your goalie's <laughs> bell in warmups because you're used to a puck. 
Yeah, or so, do because I think that's a strategy for some people. So is there is there a video series out there that might help you in stick handling with a puck versus a ball, <laughs> or maybe a golf ball in transition uh, we've been between ways? It. We've I don't been know if that's it. actually a thing. Someone should create that, and maybe we call it Basement Basics. Now I hope you guys did get a lot from the Basement <laughs> Basics uh, going into this next season. I think that the skill level is already progressing. I hope we've helped you guys out with that a little bit. But uh, but as we move into the season, just just keep in mind if you're it's going to be like going from the penny ball to the golf ball. If you're going from the puck to the uh, to the bower ball, it's really going to be a lot like that. But then uh, I want to touch on rules, just a quick brief. I'm sure everybody knows all the rules by now, but just keep in mind, closing your hand on the ball rather than the puck is going to be a one-minute delay of games. So you're not going to lose the uh, sportsmanship points um, because it's not like a malicious penalty, uh, but you will be on a one-minute kill there. Uh, straight out of play from the defensive zone is a one minute and ice. It's a two. Uh, am I, am I glossing anything hand over hand passes? Uh, exactly. Well, a hand pass is just going to be a, a it's stoppage, a whistle, but in yeah. ice in the defensive zone, you could totally, yep. Do it. And you can't do that in deck. I would just say, keep, just keep in mind everybody that if you do step on it, it's a, it's a one minute. It's the same as closing your hand. So Except it's a one, one, one minute delay a game. So just keep those things in mind, uh, as we're transitioning from ice to deck and, uh, just I'm 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 excited to see just yeah. the high powered offense. That that's really what you're getting from deck, and that's why we all love it. And they track your stats. I know. It makes me feel like a pro. All right, guys, we want to wrap it up by just touching on something that's kind of been on our minds. Uh just a little bit of note on on commitment. And I know that we do a lot of this whole support your local businesses and yada yada yada. But um uh I guess this all stems from I was helping Pat uh with his off or his, his ice hockey skating camp training camp whatever for for the kids in the area and there was a decent turnout i would like to see it more uh my favorite thing about deck hockey is that i think it's going to foster the youth program and it's really going to bring uh the quad cities back to where it used to be as far as uh youth hockey and high school hockey used to be multiple teams and yeah and 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 the the important thing here is just to to dedicate yourself to it and we all love hockey we all love everything and you know recently there's been the news about the mallards and how their team uh just can't afford financially to exist anymore and you know as season ticket holders here and i'm sure a lot of you guys are and if you're not i'm sure you go to a lot of the games uh but it seems like as soon as everyone finds out that the Mallards are going to be no more, we see an amazing turnout of games immediately. Yeah. And it's, no, there's a big push for let's try to save the Mallards. Let's try to save the Mallards. We needed you in 2017. Yeah. And that that just translates to practice what you, well, practice what you preach. Yeah. If you love the Mallards, get out there and let them have your money. They are your local team and you love them, but it's important to show it. You know, a Facebook status doesn't count. No, uh, you know, going, paying the bills. Yeah, exactly. And and changing it, your profile picture to the Mowers logo is not helping pay the bills. And and it and translates I, to deck in the same right. way. Whereas when when you know, our ball, our the ball price went up this well, season, and it's you know a more what? Expensive ball. It's a it is, and you know, rather than complain or worry about it, if we don't pay that price. It's going to go the way of the Mallards. Deck hockey will stagnate if we don't yeah. have, one, the youth in it. So if you have kids, the reason, the whole motivation for me behind Basement Basics is that's how I grew up as a child in what I would consider the golden era of both the Mallards 
and local youth hockey in the Quad Cities. And that's what I want for my kids. That's what I want for the future of this area because I'm not leaving. Well, and I think we're doing it right now. We have the opportunity to do it, and a lot of it's been brought about by Jack. Right. It's a rejuvenation of hockey. It's all Pat. Yeah. And, it, and it, but it's important. So when you're watching these basement basis things, yeah, we want you to score more goals. We want there to be a D12 at some point because we want a third deck and all of that good stuff. And There'll we want deck hockey to, then. but we, we want, we want deck hockey to progress. But so when you're looking at this basement basic stuff, that stuff I used to do in the basement with my dad and that stuff you guys can do in the basement with your kids to foster that next generation and not only bring them up in a hockey house, but just make the quad cities a great place. And you're going to end up raising a great kid with a good work ethic. And he's not going to be addicted to technology and video games like everybody else. And I mean, there's a lot to be said for that in life, but, but you know, with the passing of the mallards and I just, I, it, it makes me worry for deck hockey. Just if, if we get complacent with it and, and we don't support it, the way that you know you want to because we don't want deck hockey to go anywhere and it just takes everybody recruiting people in and really just committing to it and and this is a hockey town this is a hockey town and i want it to be a hockey town until i die yeah well and you know there's been facebook comments and you know stuff about well exclusive sticks you only can use what uh deck hockey offers and pat's only after more money and like yeah because if pat doesn't it's not that he's being greedy in it. He's growing the game. He's spending his own money on research and development to create better sticks now. Team USA. Correct. Advanced technology, more decks. They're getting more parking, I've heard. That might be, uh, just be a rumor. No, it's right. But I know they're working on that with the city. And, and I mean, if you look at where we started and where we came, that's all coming from Pat, and that's all coming from people spending their money locally at DAC. Yeah. And... And it's just important to keep doing that and keep making this the central hub for deck hockey and hockey in general. Well, think about it. How many like in the summer tournament? Uh, people coming from Quebec. Oh yeah, Sean flew in from California. Right. Uh, the Sean sitting from Pittsburgh. right here. Yeah, Pittsburgh, you know, Louisiana, uh, showing up exactly. every year. This podcast wouldn't exist. We Bingo. don't hang out if it wasn't for deck hockey. Absolutely, probably not. No, I would not be we friends. We wouldn't with even you guys. know each other. Yeah. But, I know, only like you because of this. But we really, <laughs> we really, we really just want to emphasize that we're a little bit disappointed in the community for what I would say letting the Mallards die. Hundred uh, And because we know that we have the capacity to support a team here locally and make it profitable. Um, and and I just I don't want that trend to repeat itself when it comes to deck. And then eventually, when we do get a team back, it's so important go for you guys there. spend your money. Yep. At places that you enjoy, and, and or not, they will go out of business. And don't don't just go on two dollar beer nights. Like go on two dollar beer nights, but if that's the only time you go, like really evaluate the other times you want to go. And, There's no reason that couldn't be right. a packed house on every single two dollar beer night. They need to roll that curtain back, and it right. needs to be an uproar in the quad cities like it was back in the 90s in the heyday and there's no reason we have more people now more population more everything there's no reason we shouldn't have more well, and to fans. the point though people talk about how much it costs to go to a game or you know talk about the financial issues and, and we're not going to get into the economics like of that but the reality is ticket prices for the mallards now are like a third of what they were in the 90s well yeah and the thing is i so this is the way i look at it i could spend more than ten dollars a movie ticket to go see a movie that night in albeit an excellent seat at Cinemark 53. However, I'd much rather spend that $10 and go with some friends or family 
and have and a beer. About it. Yeah, and go go watch some professional, semi-professional hockey if it comes to that. Well, these are guys um, that are vying for an NHL position. Right, Absolutely. but I'd rather go watch that, you know, rather Absolutely. than sit there and watch a movie. I'd rather see something live play out in front of me. And you never know. You might see a, a cheap shot where a guy gets knocked down one hit. If that's what you're after, I mean, honestly, right. I, at this stage of professional hockey, you're not going to see it. If you're watching no, the NHL, no, that's not how the game's but, played anymore. But with the, if we get another league in here that could come back, but you also got to admit, in this area, we like our violence. Um, but, but I think I think that's not the focus, though. We need to focus on liking good hockey. Hockey's a violent game at its core. But but the point is, whatever reason you're going to the game, go to the game. Yeah. And now now that we see the Mallards going, but it translates to to. Supporting deck hockey and getting involved in that, playing as many teams as you can and just supporting it and, and growing growing, growing deck hockey. But then the teams that are the companies that are sponsoring teams, uh, buying advertisement on the boards and, you know, sponsoring the tournament, doing whatever, support those businesses. If you have the opportunity to go to a chain restaurant or you have an uh, opportunity to go to a local restaurant Who's that supports deck hockey, their money yeah, back and they're the taking their profits and they're, they're spending it on advertisement with deck hockey. Support those businesses or they pull their advertisement and then money leaves the program and then we don't progress anymore correct and everybody just wants to see that progress and we just want it to thrive yeah all right we got a little raw there a little emotional on this episode for you um just know that we're all highly passionate about hockey in the quad cities we wouldn't be on a podcast about it if we weren't Uh, thank you guys so much for listening we always appreciate it there are a few things we're going to be doing this season so look forward to it. We're going to be doing Friday night listening parties when we do record. Um, we're going to be coming out with episodes bi-weekly, so every other week. And with all that being said, I think keep it all deck.